give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analysts. The Draft Act NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tullibut, and I am here, as always, with my guy, Albert Garbage Time. Gim, Albert, what is popping, dude? Uh, a lot's going on. Uh, excited to be here. Excited for our guest today. I feel like yes, sir. we haven't done a guest in a while. So yeah, that's always exciting when we have a different voice. You know, our, our listeners, they give us crap sometimes about agreeing too much. So if we bring in a third <laughs> voice, I'm sure we won't agree on everything. But uh, I'm excited. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's introduce uh, our guest, um, my guy, Laro, uh, who I- I'm happy we could finally get on um, the show because, you know, he, he went, went dark for a little, little bit last year, um, went private. So i um, happy to get him back in the public space because um, brilliant basketball mind and, and I can't wait to chop it up with him. So uh, what's going on, man? Man. Uh, my, oh, here we go. My bad, man. I thought I was still muted, but um, <laughs> man, dude, um, everything's all good, dude. Like I, I, I'm actually happy to be back too. I mean, it was kind of, like I was very appreciative of my time with Sis because I feel like I learned and uh, a lot, and I felt like I got I got better in my craft um, in terms of scouting and and you know different ways to scout, different ways to look at prospects, things like that. And uh, it was really it was really great for me, but like it was also tough, you know, to sit back and see all the discourse on Twitter and not be able to 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 jump in or yeah. give some clips that I've seen and my thoughts. So um, it was tough, man, but. Like I said, it was great for me, but I, I'm, I'm happy to be back because now I get to chop it up and, and like, you know, with you guys and talk about somebody I'm very, very fond of in this mm-hmm. draft class, man. So thanks. Yeah. Thanks you, know, me on. you know, what's funny. The the last time, you know, we were we spoke like this. I was on um, your show when you were doing Bulls one on one and you oh, guys yeah. were recording at midnight. Right. <laughs> but you're from Chicago. Yeah. Right. I'm from New York. So we're an hour behind. Yep. Uh, or ahead, I guess. So it's 1 a.m. when I'm recording, right? Which is cool. But in the middle of us recording, and we had been going for a little bit, I get a loud pounding on my door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yo, I'm about to get stuck up at 1.30 in the morning live on, <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> and it was probably like, a, I'm thinking, I was like, it's probably a door dasher or something. Because right, like, right. while like if somebody was breaking into your house, they're probably not knocking on the door, right? They're probably just going to try to come in. Yep. But uh, that was that was wild. I <laughs> It was one of the more memorable shows I did because I was like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> but, uh, you know, hopefully that won't happen tonight because we're going to talk about Keontae George, who I am also very fond of. Baylor uh, incoming freshman guard, 18.8 years old, currently uh, listed at 6'4", 185. Mm. Uh, You know what's crazy? As powerful as the internet is, I went looking for this dude's stats in his senior year, and I could not find them. I found his junior year. He put up like 24 and, and six, two assists. Could not find the IMG stuff. Um, you know, we got them on Instat, but they don't have all of the games that he played. Yeah. So they're, they felt incomplete. Um, and that's, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you're 
getting that preseason scout on and we're talking about high school kids, right? Yeah. But yeah. we do have some uh, preseason stock price. ESPN has them at nine, SB Nation at 15, Bleacher Report at nine, The Athletic at eight, Tankathon at 10, average price of 10.2. So Albert, is Keontae George, George's uh, preseason stock price too high, too low, or do you think it's just right? Oh, man. I, I feel like all of this stuff, because we haven't seen a single second of uh, college basketball yet, is so hard. Uh, but, okay, with where I'm at and with what I've seen, I feel like it's just about right. Now, I, my gut tells me, Corey, that you're going to say it's too low. I might be wrong. Um, but I feel like it's just about right just because um, I enjoyed his game a lot. I, I, I will not lie. I, I I don't know if I'm where you guys are as high as you guys are, but I'm ready to talk about it. it mm. The discussion is always fun. And today, I don't know, maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I said, you know what? Maybe for once I'll go to war. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but um, there are certain aspects of his game that I think need work. Anyway, I feel like 10 is just right because I do think at this point in my process that he is a top 10 guy. So right now I'll say it's just right. All right, Lara, what do you think? Yeah, man, I, I, um, yeah, I'm pretty high on him, man. I, I, I love the game. Um, I think there's a lot to build off with him. Um, and he already has a lot to offer, especially you know as a freshman for Baylor. But, um, to be, to be, you know, where I, you know, um, to not be too high and just actually be, um, you know, kind of in the middle of the road, I, I guess I'll say, but uh, I think 10 is probably good. I, uh, me, I think he's a top 10 guy, but I can definitely see him definitely rising up the ranks there. Um, I think one of the things that that I regret when I was looking at Keontae, one of the things, and, and they're not all the way the same player at all, but um, like I remember watching Jaden Ivey his, his freshman year and my eyes were telling me like, yeah, there was a lot to work on. And then I ended up seeing, you know, the U, U19, um, FIBA and it, stuff was just popping off the screen. Um, and I was just saying, man, I think this guy's a top 10 guy, but I just wouldn't allow myself to get there for some reason. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Like mm. I, 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 when you watch Keontae, man, I, I definitely think the, he should be higher than 10, but I, I'll keep, I, I, I think 10 is a good starting spot, especially since he hasn't played a lick uh, on the floor for his college team yet. So. Yeah, I mean, so much of this is predicting and projecting forward. So these rankings, you know, if you're off a little bit, that's fine because we're going based on high school tape, high school tape, AAU, whatever. And that's not necessarily the same playing field for for all of these kids. They're playing different competition. But I will say this. Albert, you're right. It is too low for me. I have him as a top five pick. There it is. I'm as a top five pick. I think he's going to form an absolutely filthy backcourt. at Baylor with Adam Flagler, uh, who was one of my guys who I thought I liked a lot last year um, as like a, a deep sleeper in the draft. <clears throat> I think that he's he's the perfect kind of guard for that offense, that defense. And I'm, you know, I'm getting in early on him because I see so many skills that I think are projectable NBA skills. So uh, I'm glad that he's being recognized as a top 10 talent, but I think that he is going to prove that he has stuff in his bag that are going to make him more, more than that. So uh, currently, and and my board is incomplete. I haven't watched every single player yet, Uh, but currently I'm, I feel all right saying he's the number three guy on my board after Victor and scoot. I feel all right with that. 
Corey is uh, Kobe in the Nike commercial where he says, more. More. <laughs> more is where Corey's at right now. Also, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Kobe Bean Bryant. Also, yes. a happy belated birthday to Corey, whose birthday was yesterday for our listeners. Yes, sir. Happy out birthday, there. brother. So, appreciate special that, week. Fellas. Special week. Appreciate that, fellas. Yeah, special week. Uh, my wife knocked the, the birthday gift out of the park. I got some uh, Jordan 1 low golf Ooh. shoes. Oh, oh wow. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So I could. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm gonna be looking fresh on the links. Um, and with the, the fall weather coming, I'm I'm hyped. It's oh, that's, man, that's dope. Yeah, Corey, that's yeah, a yeah. that's a 35 and older gift right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, that's your wife, man. Great gift. Yeah, she crushed that. She absolutely crushed it. All right. Um, let's get into you know the scouting and um you know, Albert, I ask you this every week. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you decide again. Where do you want to start uh with Keontae's game? Uh let's start with the shooting because right. I I'm a little I wanna talk about this with you guys. So let's do it. All right. Um let's talk. Let's talk. What do you want to are you a buyer? Are you a seller? Where are you at with his shooting? I am a huge big time buyer. Mm. However, okay. However, th- there is a however here. All right. Um there needs uh, some fine tuning needs to happen. So I, 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 for me, I love the confidence. I absolutely love that. He's like, in his mind, he's like, Oh, a jumper is a weapon for me. My jumper from anywhere on the court is an absolute weapon for me. I love that. I love that. He's going to walk into college and he's going to be like, Oh, you guys all have to be worried about my jump shot because it's nasty. I love that. Right. I do think there, there are times where, because he's so confident, he gets a little bit nonchalant with his shot a little bit loose and things start to get a little disconnected. And it's, I don't, I never want to use this word because I, I actually don't think it's accurate, but it, it felt not lazy, but a little just, um, I think nonchalant is the best way to put it. There are times where I felt like he wasn't as focused and as locked in. Maybe it's because of his confidence, maybe it's because of the competition he was playing against. When he would get a little bit loose, I thought his shot uh, would get a little wild. Uh, he had some, like, I, let's call it for what it is on his tape. He had some wild air balls. He had some weird misses here and there, side side of the backboard stuff. But I I don't think that it's anything mechanical. I think it's just in those moments he got a little nonchalant is how I want to put it uh, with his shot. So for me, big time believer, I would just like to see more tape for sure on the college level. And I would just like it if he would be a little bit more locked in at times. So it's not even a critique per se. It's just, oh, I'm excited for him to build on that and to just get better. So yeah, I'm a big time buyer, but I did think there are times when the focus would come and go, but I'm sure there are a lot of outstanding reasons for that. Lyra, what do you think about um, Keontae's projection as a three-point shooter? Oh man, look, I think where me and maybe Corey is, is the same way is when I watch prospects, I kind of put myself in a coaching kind of area, you know, mindset, I should say. And when I watch Keontae, man, like you said, I think it's a weapon. There's no doubt. And, and, and if you're projecting to the next level, um, I think some of the things that he's good at is the pull-up shooting um, and, and, and come on, man. I mean, I think we already know what, how sometimes it could be overstated pull-up shooting, but I think, I think we know how much of a weapon, especially these teams that are playing drop and, you know, having bigs that can't really play the, the, the jumper and then get back. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that I'm not too worried. I'm not too worried about the jumper. I think that uh, when you watch the tape, I mean, 
I'm a big fan of the jumper. So I, I can see some of the lay, the, not lazy, the uh, the focus um, deficiencies at, at points. But I, I think when we talk about it later, I'm pretty sure the defense is where I think more uh, off ball is what I think that's that's what comes up for me sometimes with the, is the focus. But in terms of the the jumper, I I'm I'm very much in. I'm a buyer of the yeah of the, yeah. Of I'll, I'll, I'm the same yeah. way, and I'll I'll touch on the maybe I think what you're mentioning is nonchalantness with yeah. him. Um, I think he's arguably the best shooter in the lottery. I think um, Derek Whitehead has an argument, Um, uh, but I think for my money, I think he's got the most pure shot and I think he'll be able to get it off in the widest variety of ways. Where I think sometimes I, cause I, I, I think I see what you mean with kind of that nonchalantness with the shot. I think it's just effortless for him. And I think that wow. it's something that I'm buying into that about him, because I think if you, I like guys that don't look mechanical when they're shooting, yeah. they don't look yeah. like they're, they've been on the court with a trainer. It's natural. Um, and they're not going through, they don't have to go through progressions to get to get their shot off. And I like that he can, whether he's set um, whether it's off the catch, whether it's off the bounce, whether his feet are, you know, how he would prefer them to be or, or not, whether he could be off balance or not have his feet completely set and he could still kind of confidently get that shot off. Cause I think that when I'm projecting him and what I'm projecting him as, especially cause you know, I said, I have him as a top three guy. That means that I believe that he could potentially be like a primary offensive weapon at the NBA level. Now there are some questions later when we talk about like, can he get there playmaking wise to actually yeah. give him the ball as a number one, or is he going to settle in as a more number two or number three? But as far as the shot making, I am a big time buyer in it. Cause I think you, Larry, you mentioned how he's going to punish drops, you know, yeah. like this is a guy who, first of all, you know, a lot, sometimes the team will go under against him and that's what happens, you know, at the high school level, even, even these big, big time schools and academies or whatever, you know, like can't go under a, a screen against Keontae George. Right. And when that happens, it's like, easy pull up, easy money. Um, I like that, you know, he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands to get his shot off. He's cool. Like coming off movement or being in the corner. Um, the one area where I was a little bit like, I want to see more and I want to see more decisiveness was the mid range pull up. Because especially I think that's going to be something when he is going against, you know, bigs in a drop that I think could be a big time weapon. And I think sometimes he got stuck and was a little indecisive between like, should I pull up for this mid range shot or should I keep going to the hoop and get to the rim? And that's, I mean, Larry, you know, you work with, with, you know, young kids, right? Like that's something that takes time to figure out the nuance of when to pull up, when to get to the rim, when to go to your floater. And sometimes he gets stuck in the middle of his decision-making in that area um and you'll see when he goes to some of his mid-range shots he's like a little off balance he's got a double clutch uh so i i think that that's something i think as a shot maker he needs to kind of hone in on yeah. but just as a shooter like a pure shooter he's my favorite um in this lottery personally Corey, if i can just piggyback off what you're saying i 100 percent agree like i said I, i'm a buyer in the shot as well the only thing is that the thing you said about his footwork 
I in my, this once again, this is just my opinion. I thought there were moments where, like you said, he is such a good shooter that he could be kind of free flowing with his footwork. There were times though when I wished, damn, in this moment you have so much space, and you whether it's because he created space or because the defense gave him that space. There were moments where I wished, hey, man, you have that half second here to set your feet for the shot, and he chose not to. And once yeah. again, Corey, it's not like a major criticism. I think it's mm-hmm. if he could just tighten that up because my thing is when his feet are set, it's almost automatic. Like yeah. I was so – like I was almost tracking them on my notes. Like there are so many games where when he was – especially shooting off the catch, if his feet are set and he's squared yeah. up, I, I, I might as well watch the next clip or move on or fast forward because I know it's going in. It's that good. But the only critique that I had when, when I talk about him being nonchalant, there was at times about a half second or more where it felt like he could have set his feet and had a better shot. But because he did it, he would have a miss or whatever. So that was like my only small critique. But I'm definitely with you guys. So, Lara, I want to um, see where you're at on this. I think one of the things that because I know what you mean, he, all of these kids right now from Victor on down all need. Yeah things that they're they need to work on tighten up when you talk about like that extra half second i think sometimes because he's man like this is like as pure as a a scoring shooting threat as there is i think sometimes when you take that extra second to like set up it takes you out of your rhythm um Mm -hmm. you know i think sometimes like when you're maybe not like off ball like off ball i think that you know like go watch clay and see how this dude is always able to square up and, and get his feet set off the ball, whether he's running off a pin down um, sprinting in transition, whatever it is that dude off ball, his feet are perfect every single time. Right. Um, so sure. That is something you could always tighten up. But I think sometimes when you're, you're shooting off the bounce, I don't know. I think it's easier for shooters to just not think and go through process and just like, I know I can get this up and um if I use that extra half second, it almost, it like throws off the cadence of the way that you play. I don't know. I don't, Lara, you could touch on that. And and if that's something you've seen when, while you're coaching. Yeah, no, no. I think that's totally right, man. Because I think one of the things that you don't want to do, especially during season is kind of like break up his rhythm. You know, you, you, you still want him to play with that. Like, like you're saying, Corey, like when he, you know, he's coming off the bounce, he, he takes a step back or he creates that space. Right. Like if you're not working on that a ton, like you just kind of want to stay in the flow. Right. Take take that shot in rhythm. But I think that's something like as he, you know, at Baylor, who knows, man, when he gets to Baylor, you know, it gets with the, the guy, you know, the assistant coaches. They sit down. Hey, man, this is something on the tape that we noticed. Maybe mm-hmm. it's something that Albert said, you know, hey, yeah, we're going to really work on this because we feel like if you can really create the space and work on getting your feet set, you're automatic. You know, so like that, that could be something that they already are talking to him about. And it's it's and and I've got to be honest, man. When it comes to shooting, and that's that's the thing that you're worried about. You know what I mean? Not and not yeah. inconsistencies of your follow through right. or, or anything right. like that. Like as a coach, like oh my god, thank god. You know, like, yeah. like, like <laughs> okay, we could work on this. You know, we we'll take a whole summer or, or you know whatever, two or three months, and really just drill home. You know, you know, bounce feet, bounce feet, whatever. You know, but um, yeah, I I totally agree. I, I can see where what you're saying, Albert. Um, but I think it's an easy easy fix. Yes. Um, it's just something yes. he, he'll really have to just focus on, you know, whenever they, you know, he has time to do it. But yeah, man, I, I agree with you, Corey. It's right now. It's kind of like, you know, especially during, during the season, you, you don't want to kind of mess with that, that rhythm at the moment. It maybe it's something that you really work on in the off season and, and, and really drill it home. In some ways it's kind of a luxury, 
right guys like I, I think that's what you guys are trying to say like yeah. he is such a damn good shooter that the fact that the only real critique we have here is so minor and so fixable fixable speaks to how good of a shooter he is once again so i'm with you guys i think for me i did was just i was i just wanted to find something because he's yeah. such a good shooter yeah, yeah. Like, okay let me not jump out of the pod and be like he's perfect you know so right i feel you I, that's all I you knew to i do. was gonna you know exactly. take that route so you got <laughs> um speaking of which you know what i loved this is one of the things that stood out to me the most because i think with guys like him who are such natural scorers i love his floor game like mm-hmm. i never really felt like he was forcing the issue like he was coming out of the gate all at right off the tip and like all right give me the rock. I need to go cook. I felt like he was cool. Like not being the guy who touched the ball for a few possessions um, or at least getting shots up and just kind of letting the game come to him. You know, like I I think especially at the high school level, it's really easy even with some of the other talented guys, Jet Howard and Jarris Walker. And, you know, a a lot of guys who were uh, really talented on that squad. Like I just, I felt like he was like, all right, when it's my turn, I can go. And it's not to say that he didn't like, sometimes you weren't like, eh, you probably didn't need to shoot that shot. You probably could have moved off the ball, you know, but he's a tough shot maker. He's you're, you want him taking tough shots, but I just felt like he, it was most of the time it was within the flow of the offense. And that's something that I really like Cause it's really easy for those kind of guys at this level to just be like, give me the ball, get out of the way and yeah. let me cook. Yeah. I, uh, to, to go off what you just said, man, that, that is definitely something that, I noticed as well, like, you know, I think uh, I just finished watching uh, last night. I was watching some more, you know, IMG versus Montverde, their their second matchup. And there were times where, like, he would hit a shot. And, you know, most guys, like, they, you know, hey, you know, at least if I was coaching, I'd be like, hey, let's keep running some, you know, let's let's keep going until, you know. (laughs) Be the high end, right? Exactly. But, like, even then, like, you would would think, like, I'd be like, hey, Joe, I just hit it, you know, whatever. Like, they ran something for Jarris. And, like, you don't see any body language, bad body language of Mm. him. Like, man, like, oh, my God, just hit it. Like he, like you said, man, he just he's w- within the flow of the offense, and oh my gosh, like it's dog, a mentality like thing. It's want. like it's like that never too high, never too low, yeah, type of mentality. Like he's like you said, he's not going to be like, yo, I just knocked down a shot. Like give yeah. me the rock, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's cool. Like that to me signals that he's going to be a good teammate. Yeah, um, and it signals like he's going to be able to play with other people on the court. And I think that's really important, not only for him moving forward next year, where he's going to play with other guys who want to have the ball in their hands, but like in the NBA, like, you know, it's where I, I think we're moving away from like this heliocentric, yeah. you know, type of basketball, because we, I think we're learning that there's probably a cap on how far that goes. So you want multiple creators, even if you are playing with a guy like Luca, James Harden, yeah. whatever. Right. Um, and I think he's he's going to be be perfect for that. Um, I want to talk about him in the pick and roll because, you know, mm-hmm. we mentioned some of the things that that he can do as a scorer. You know, he's going to punish you versus unders. Um, I think he's good at using screens to get downhill. Right. And, and we'll talk about his his finishing. Um, but I, I think for a guard like him. And again, I have him top three, so you know how high I am on him. And we men- I mentioned it quickly. His ability in the pick and roll, learning how to leverage the shot to make plays for his teammates 
is going to be something that I'm so interested in watching next year. So, Laura, I wanted to, you know, um, what did you think about him as a decision maker in the pick and roll? Did you think he was more one minded, like, all right, if I'm not pulling up, I'm going to get to the rim? Or do you think that, like, do you see him as a guy who could operate out of the pick and roll on, you know, a, a pretty decent usage and not be predictable with what he's going to do? Yeah, so I probably watched, man, probably I couldn't find the uh, the global games, but I I was able to see some of the the highlights of that mm, game. But yeah. I watched a lot of his IMG stuff. Yeah, but um, pick and roll stuff for me, like I thought there were games where I thought he really showed good pace. Like he, and I think that's mm-hmm. really big for for ball handlers and pick and roll. Like being not not kind of running off the screen uh, you know like actually yeah. like coming off the screen put a guy in jail being paced bring that big up a little bit if they don't show you get into a, a, a floater or a pull up or you, if he shows up it's a lob and i thought there were times where he would make the right decision um there were times where like you said he's indecisive um but for me um i think there's something to build off there with him because i think he's not a flashy passer. He's not like, no. he's not a little mellow ball. He's not, you know, a, 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 a giddy. He's not that, but I think he's an efficient passer. If that makes anything mm-hmm. uh, any sense, like he's not, he's going to, if, if there's somebody there, he's going to throw a nice bounce pass. If it's somebody like he's, he's just efficient. He's going to hit the ball there. But I think in certain games, like you said, he rushed into it. And and there were other parts of certain games where you, you see like, Oh my God, there it is. Like I see it. Yeah. Um. So I do think there is a base there with him. I think there's something to build off with him in terms of pick and roll ball handling because he's gonna have. I think as he gets older, he starts to 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 play in higher higher level games and see high level defense, um, seeing how bigs kind of play do their thing and drop or showing and hedging and things like that. He's going to learn. Um. And I think the the scoring part of the pick and roll, I think he's gonna get. Now it's about like you said, leveraging that. You yeah. know. And I think there's something to build off there with him. Yeah, I, I I think that's the thing I'm most interested in seeing because that's going to sh- tell me so much about what he could possibly be as as a pro, right? I, I think that right now he's a little bit more like a one pass away guy. Yeah, you know, like it's because he's not selfish. Nope. Yeah, you know, like he'll move off the ball. Um, he'll he'll if if so, you know a, a big comes up and and hard hedges the screen and he's got two like he's not going to hold on and try to yeah. do too much. He'll move off of it. Um, but you're not seeing a lot of those like come off the screen, shift the defense into the paint, hit that two, three pass away, whip, weak side whip to the corner. Like yeah. you're not seeing that yet. Uh, and you know, we'll see if that's something that he could show next year. Cause I yeah. think that if he shows that even a little bit, like mm-hmm. Jalen green showed flashes of that, right? Like when he was with his G league ignite scent, I think, um, even Jaden Hardy last year with the, the ignite mm-hmm. had showed, moments of that where you can get excited and be like all right maybe there's something there right and because it it seems like such an obvious part of his game that he could work on and focus on and be good at because i think he's like a more natural fluid passer than a guy like Jaden hardy yeah um so I, i'm i'm really interested in seeing that you know because there were some you know some plays that that stuck out we were like all right like you do such a good job drawing so much attention from the defense. You know, there was a big play, uh, I think two minutes left against sunrise Christian. Um, and they were, they were making a comeback. They're down two. he comes off a ball screen, the big, uh, they're icing him bigs and drop, um, big comes up and like, he could have just moved off and, and, you know, whip the ball 
would have caused a scramble. And, you know, I think it was to Jarris Walker who would like, would have had like a, an open lane to either like flush it or, or finish yeah. or even, you know, make a play off the scrambling defense. And he kind of just like, like I said, that indecisiveness, like he didn't know exactly what to do yet. Um, so that's what I, I'm, I'm so excited to, to watch because I think that we talked about the shooting. We haven't even mentioned the finishing. I'm like, <laughs> he has some finishes, man, where I was like, yo, yes. <laughs> like, you know, he's not going to get credit much like Anthony black last week when we were talking about him, Albert, like, I think we said like Anthony black is probably going to be somebody who I consider one of the better athletes in the class. Cause I think he's so coordinated and smooth and fluid and it's stuff that like, maybe people won't talk about cause they'd rather talk about like the Thompson twins bounce rather yeah. than like guys who could do some functional basketball stuff on the court athletically. Like I think Keontae's like that too. He's going to f- have some impressive flushes I'm sure, yeah. but some of those finishes where he's like going into somebody's chest using hang time and the body control to still have the wherewithal to finish that, that kind of stuff. Um, I was like, that's high level. Like that's real yeah. high level for a high school kid. Um, and it's, you know, the, the combination of like shooting and finishing at the hoop is what gets me so excited. Uh, Albert, you know, as, as our resident skeptic on Keontae George Island right now, <laughs> what'd you think of uh, Keontae at the rim? Okay. A couple of things. Um, before, when you talked about the floor game, what came to my mind while I was watching this kid play, it's like, Oh, he's going to fit in so well at Baylor. Like, you talk about these Baylor guards who can play on and off, who have great mentality, great spirit on the court. He's one of these guys. He's an absolute bulldog. But the thing that I want to be honest, Corey, heading into the whole Keontae George film deep dive for me, I was expecting him to be kind of like a wrecking ball. But to his credit, I loved how he was actually really slippery. So when Mm -hmm. you guys were talking about the pick and roll stuff, really slippery at times but when he gets to the rim the thing that i loved is yeah he can take contact for days he is so tough he embraces the contact but i loved how slippery he was at angles and slipping into like spaces and with timing that i was like i was not expecting that at all i thought he was just gonna be like this like really aggressive this fireball going to the rim not that at all there is a beautiful finesse to his game when he gets going down to the rim where he's so good at using angles and timing to kind of get through tight spaces and to create opportunities for himself where yeah sometimes he'll get hit with a big and he'll embrace that that contact and finish over it but also a lot of times where he'll leverage whether it's the passing or the shooting or whatever and the timing of it all to really create nice open looks for himself at the rim as well so i did want to say that and 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 Corey, just kind of piggybacking off what you said about the passing as well um, last week, something that you said that I agree with wholeheartedly is that there are certain people that are just born with it. It's almost like a sixth sense where they can feel where their teammates are at all times. He does not have that. But like you said, the thing that's awesome about him, he's not selfish at all. He's not. And, and it just makes me think like, okay, if he's going to be in Baylor and he's going to play in that type of system where he's going to have the responsibility of having the ball in his hands and also not in his hands. Are you telling me that he's not going to get better at passing and grow in that area and become a more complete guard? I'd say you're crazy. Like we saw it with Davion. We saw it with um, Jared Butler. These guys spend time in college and they develop their games and where they were lacking, they can make up for that. He is such a good shooter right now that the stuff that he does on the ball is so exciting. I think off-ball stuff is going to be great and the passing is going to, is going to develop as well. So I'm I'm 100% with you guys. My NBA comp for him, I won't tell you now, but it, it, it's, it's this thing where 
I don't want to speak definitively about his passing now yeah. because five years from now, I actually think he's going to be a really good passer is how I feel. Interesting. Um, Cause I could see it I, really good. I, I'm not sure, but I could mm-hmm. definitely see maybe like a CJ McCollum level type of playmaker passer. Um, that, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Back to his finishing for a second. Laro, how, what do you think the adjustment is like playing at high school and then being able to go into the body of some of these guys versus now you're going to be playing against D1 men? Like, uh, what's that? What do you think that adjustment is like for these kids? Well, I can give you a, a, an example that from my cousin, actually. Um, but to answer that, man, I, 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 I try to tell. Um, these high school guys, man. Um, you know they they come off. You know they 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 rip. They maybe they make a move inside out. You know get by their next guy and want to take two or three dribbles. You know what I mean? And then get to the basket. And I keep telling them like, guys, look, man, these guys you playing in your conference right now, them dudes. You know, if, if you want to get to the next level, the dudes that allow you to make, you know, get an inside out. Then you go in between the legs. Then you go over. And then you get, you ain't got that much time. Like you, mm-hmm. once you get inside that, once you get inside that three point line, you're, you're, you have to be efficient. Um, you have to have these different types of finishes. You know, maybe it's a jump stop, extend and get to the basket. Maybe it's a inside hand, you know, inside hand finish, you know, maybe it's, you know, goofy legged, you know, finish like different things. You got to add to it because these, these, these colleges, especially the level that Keontae is going to be going to is these bigs, they are huge. The, the wingspans, un, seven foot wingspans, seven foot guys, six eleven, six eight nine guys with seven foot wingspans, whatever it is, lateral quickness is crazy. So you have to understand that, like you, you have to get to that basket. You have to have different ways to to, to finish, and um, you got to take contact. You got to be able to go into a shot blocker's chest and be able to extend and finish off the glass. And um, it, it takes time because I think, well, I think Keontae, one of the things I do love about IMG and, and the Sunrise Christians and, um, you know, AZ Compass, like they're playing against high level yes. athletes. Mm-hmm. So like, it's not like Keontae is going again, you know, he's somewhere out where I'm at. And yeah, he ain't playing my team. Yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and he's used to like just getting there and being able to dunk everything, you know? Like, no, 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 no. Right. For instance, you know, you watch Jairus Walker play like, if a dude gets by Keontae, he better be ready to go because Keontae is rotating. He's going to, I mean, uh, Jairus is rotating. He's going to try to send your shit to the third row. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to be ready for it. And I think Keontae is going to be a guy that, that, that is going to be able to adjust because of that. What is it? NIBC is the name of the conference they're in. And like, that conference is, is huge for guys like Keontae because you're going to be going against guys that are going to that next level. So you're getting a little bit of a taste of it, but now, you know, maybe there's a second year guy that came back and now he, his, you know, reading of the floor is a little bit better. So you got to, you got to, I think Keontae's going to be just fine. I think, yeah. I think uh, that's like you said, Corey and, and Albert, like I think finishing is going to be a strength of his and uh, he's a bulldog, man. Like he's a bulldog. He's going to go into your chest and he's going to, he's going to try to go through you and then finish with some touch and, and finesse around the basket at some time, at some points. But yeah, finishing is not something I'm worried about with him. I think, I think he's going to be just fine in that department. Me too. I like, playing against those teams like Montverde's big is like seven one. Yeah. You know, like they played Montverde a bunch. Um I think what with the finishing, so much of it is like he embraces the physicality of it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't shy away. A lot of these guys that I think have trouble finishing is because they're trying to finish like around yes guys. 
instead of like just going in and either like getting to the buck, getting to the line or, or actually trying to finish through somebody's chest. Yeah. And I like that he could do it. Albert, I like that you mentioned he doesn't, he's not like a wrecking ball. Who's like a walking charge. So he could, right. he's going to go into bodies, but he has the slipperiness, the yes. slitheriness to not draw charges. And I like that he could go either way. Like he could yeah. go up left. He could go up right. Cause um, one of the things that, you know, I've been meaning to, you know, a segment bring up with you. And, and I think, cause we got another coach on the show. I think we'll, we might as well rock it out now and experiment and, and, and workshop. It is um, what would you do if you were an opposing coach? Cause this is how I personally scout a lot mm-hmm. is I go, all right, I'm a coach. I'm playing against uh, Killian Hayes. Okay. Right. How am I, what am I doing? What's my game plan for him? How am I throwing him off his game? How am I not allowing him to get to his strengths? You know, with Killian, I mean, you know, for me, and that's one of the reasons I was a little lower on him than consensus was at the time. I was like, this dude can't dribble. Not with his right hand. He just wasn't, he couldn't really dribble, but he really couldn't go right. So like that's that's just an open easy one like without overcomplicating the game of basketball it's like can you dribble with your offhand so Laro what as a coach what would you do to game plan against Keontae George now let me ask you this do I have high level guys yeah 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 you got okay. you got high level guys so you're, you're the coach of Montford oh man here's the deal so. With with Keontae, I'm not letting him get comfortable. So I'm not gonna. I'm, we're not going to under. We're we're going to go over, and we're going to switch up coverages. We're mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna hard hedge at some points. We're going to, you know, aggressive drops. So we're showing, and we're we're gonna drop with him. We're gonna we're just gonna show him different things. Maybe we blitz it, you know, mm-hmm. at, at sometimes. And we, I'm just gonna continue to show him different looks because, like like we've talked about, he's not there yet as a passer to make us pay for for different coverages so i'm just gonna keep throwing different things at him and just make him not comfortable um and i mean at least that's what i would do um Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna keep keep shuffling it up we're gonna have a different we're gonna have different names for each coverage maybe red blue but whatever it is and he may hear the different color and be like oh shit (laughs) i know i know know what this means they they switching up and i'm just like i said man just keep it simple i'm just gonna keep mixing it up hard hedge drop you know blitz um, switch here and there, just, just if we have switchable guys, which if I'm not bird, I think we do. So um, just I, I keep switching it up with them, man. Not let them get comfortable. Um, um, go ahead, Albert. Sorry, no, I had a question. I had a question. I, this is so exciting for me because um, if you listen to our pod, you guys know how much I love picking Corey's brain about this stuff because he's our resident coach, and now I have two coaches, so this is more fun for me. Something that you guys mentioned earlier in the pod is that uh, his mid-range shot is something that he's not necessarily super comfortable with, doesn't do a lot. So, uh, Larry, you, you mentioned this, you throwing different stuff at him. For, for both you guys as coaches, um, what are certain things that you can do if you're coaching Monford? What are certain things you can do to kind of leverage that, to kind of push him into that mid-range area and make it uncomfortable for him? What are certain schemes or different tactics that you guys are throwing at him that will lead him to be uncomfortable in that mid-range area? Uh, you can go, Corey. Okay. Right. For me, I think the first thing I want to do is I want to play no middle against him. I want to I want to ice ice his ball screens, um, and I want to use somebody who is mobile as a big. 
to play a little bit in a drop. So I'm pushing him sideline. All right. And now we talked about how he's not necessarily this, you know, Luca type passer, Trey Young, like whip cross court court passes. So uh, if he's a guy who I think is much more of a one pass away type of passer, isn't going to see things necessarily before uh, they happen. His passing, if I try to play him more to the sideline, I think he's got to, you know, make non-penetrating passes where he's kicking it back out to the perimeter rather than like as the the defense that weak side shifts and overloads in the paint, right? He's not making that cross-court skip coming off. So taking away kind of that passing ability. And now if I play with a more mobile big, like if I'm Montverde and they're big who was like 7-1, like – you know, it, it's kind of hard for him to step out and, and be there on time. But um, if you have somebody uh, who is a little bit more mobile, uh, God, what was their guy's name? Their, their power forward, uh, Renee. Re- oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to uh, Indiana. Uh, Indiana, 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 Indiana. Like, I think you could use him kind of as that big in that drop. And now you got a guy who could he could switch on to him if need be. Yeah. Um, and so if you're going to force him to play in that mid range and try to make decisions, right? Yeah ice him and then have that big kind of bait him into that yes. shot, but, but be able to step up onto him uh, as well. And yes. with the guard, you know, now you're kind of closing space. You're, you could put two on the ball as the, the guard recovers off the screen. Um, and now you're making him have to make a quick decision yeah. on, do I make that shot or do I get off the ball? Because now you got two coming in a trap zone kind of in the corner, you know, where mm-hmm. you kind of kind of pinned from short corner to the corner. So that's yeah. kind of the first thing I would, think of personally yeah no i i totally agree with that i mean even if it's like yeah i guess i guess we would ice it um i think icing would be a good idea as well um i think for me if i was going into a game and this might sound crazy but i would be i would be more worried about him off ball mm-hmm. because i mean they the, the what's his name jacoy uh, hutchinson and then also mm-hmm. Jaden bradley when they had him you know, them being able to get into a paint and yeah. getting us in rotation and having him attack closeouts, that's not what that's not <laughs> that's what tough. I want. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it could almost like want him a little bit on the ball just so we could, you know, kind of control what, what, what he's doing a little bit. But, um, yeah, I think icing is definitely um, what I would do with him. And, and yeah. like you said, bait him and be able to get back, show, show him, yeah. contest on and pre-rotate on the backside and, and mean- just, you know, whatever. He's a tough shot maker, though. You know, like oh, he's yeah. going to he's going to figure it out eventually, yes, right? Like, yes. he, and that's where I think, like Laro saying, he's going to throw multiple coverages at him yeah. is where it gets important. Maybe you, mm-hmm. maybe you, you know, switch on to him. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you have a guy like Dylan Mitchell, uh, you know, a wingy, athletic guy. You just let him like go at him one on one, like make him go against somebody who's long, um, who can move with him laterally. Yeah. You know. Like you said, those kind of guys you do have to kind of change things up on. And I, I the best of the best, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, like the best of the best, it don't work. You could throw whatever you want at, at Luca. <laughs> you throw whatever you want at LeBron. Yeah. They figured it out before you did it, right? They knew it was coming before you did it. But like with these young guys, I think that's, you know, that's what you do. And I think that that's one of the things, every level you jump up, right? Like it, things get harder. It, oh, things yeah. get faster. Guys are bigger, stronger, quicker decision makers. And these guys at the next level, you know, they might not be prospects like a Keontae George or Derek Whitehead or whoever, but they might have been in the system playing against, you know, these guys for two, three, four years. Some of these Mm -hmm. guys with the extra COVID year might be fifth year, you know, seniors. And they already know what they got to do 
they already figured it out. They might not have the talent. They might not be league bound, but they already know what to do in each coverage. And they don't have to think because they already yeah. seen it a million times. It becomes just right. pattern recognition. So, um, yeah, I, I think switching it up is, you know, against these guys who could score like that you know, necessity. I, th- I think also too a guy like Keontae, he makes you as a coach and hopefully as a player, because, you know, you, you know, you have some boneheaded players that just like, they just do their own thing, you know, like sometimes, yeah. but, but I think he he forces you to be so connected and so so focused in the game because that one moment, for instance, I think of against Montverde, the game I watched. Mm. All, the whole game, they were not switching the big onto him. Um, they were doing a good job communicating. And that one time where they 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 screw up the communication and the seven one big gets out there on him, and Keontae wastes no time, wastes no time. Tim Hardaway crossover buy him into the body finish off the glass and it was just like he he makes you pay he's, he's you gonna bring a seven one guy out there he's gonna make you pay oh yeah. the other thing i love about him is like there there are guys like like keontae that fall in love with their jumper right they 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 i got a big on me i'm gonna step back sidestep and get to my jumper and then you know hey when you feeling it do your thing mm. but i'd love to see guys like keontae where they know they can probably get to their jumper or their shot with the big coming out there but you know what? I'm going to get to the basket. I'm going to apply mm-hmm. pressure. If I get a foul, I get a foul, but I'm going to finish. And mm-hmm. he doesn't fall in love with his jumper at times. Yeah. Like, he'll, mixes he'll, he'll he mixes it up. I love that, man. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That stuff wise beyond your years because it's so easy, guys. Like, I'd be walking to an LA Fitness, a Lifetime, you know, whatever. And every kid, like, I'm shooting, I'm jacking threes up, right? Like, that's all, that's what kids want to do. And when you're yeah. somebody who might be the, the best shooter, <laughs> in the class potentially it's easy to fall in love with it but he does he mixes it up and that's what makes him dangerous like because he also has something i noticed he's got the clutch gene oh yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he's a guy you could give the ball to and you want to give the ball to at the end of games like you know multiple like buzzer beater shots at the end of quarters and then he had that the game winner um, against Montverde, I think it was early in the season at Montverde when uh, IMG was number two, Montverde was number one, and he had made a couple of clutch buckets. Um, and then again, wasn't forcing the issue, wasn't like, yo, I just gave them two buckets in the clutch in a row, give me the rock. But when it was time, yeah, final possession, he didn't settle for a jumper. He went to the rack. Um, he got blocked, but yeah. got the rebound and put yeah. it in, laid it in, and they win. So like, I, I I love that about him that he is willing to mix it up. He is willing to be unpredictable because yeah. just like as uh yeah. you know the defense like we were saying, you know, you want to be unpredictable in in what you're going to do so he doesn't get used to the same coverages. As a scorer, if I know you are going to the same move, the same shot whatever every single time, well now I can anticipate it and now I'm going to make it a little bit harder for you. And that's why like you you look in the playoffs a lot of times, you know, guys are watching film specifically on, you know, the every movement that these guys with the ball in their hands do. And it's a little bit harder than it is in the regular season. Cause the, the focus is there and you just know. So um, I love that he mixes it up. And I, I think that when he really learns to refine his, his game offensively and learns to play in that middle area a little bit more comfortably and learns to make some of these passes. Whew, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy is right. <laughs> all right uh let's take a uh quick break and then we will get to Keontae george's defense 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we are back to break down the other side of the ball. Um, we talked about Keontae George's offense, what we like, what we think he needs to get better at. It's time for the defense. So, um, Albert, let's talk about his on-ball stuff first, as we usually do. What did you think about him uh, one-on-one on the ball? Physical. Physical was the first thing I wrote down. Um, I posted a clip on Twitter about a week ago. I don't remember actually. Maybe it was a week. Yeah, actually over a week ago. Um, I think he's really physical. Well, we we talked about the physicality on the offensive side. Defense, same thing. Uh, he can really get his chest into guys. Uh, does a really good job. I think he moves his feet well. I think his hands are really strong too. Um, I think Laro, you mentioned this before the off ball stuff. But I'll wait for the off ball stuff and I'll let you guys talk about that a little bit more. Talk a little bit more about the X's and O's. But on the ball. I liked it a lot. Um, thought he was tough once again. Uh, I thought closeouts, he did a pretty good job at times, but also it's not all the time. So there, there's some of the inconsistency there. But um, no, first off, I want to say, once again, I, I'm really excited to see him play at Baylor. Like, I think it's mm. unbelievable that he ended up there. And, I, and I'm really excited to see him get even better on the ball and off the ball. You guys will talk a little bit more about, but there's some concentration stuff there too. But I, I thought on the ball, at least, Physical was the first and most important thing that I needed to write down. And I thought he was physical, not just with his chest, but also with his hands, which I really enjoyed uh, and moved his feet well. So those are my initial thoughts. Yeah, my notes I wrote strong gets in your chest. Yeah. Oh, there we um, go. Which, you know, those are the, the things that I love, you know, for right. me, like when I'm coaching, like I'm, I tell kids, like if you are, you know, three, if you're giving somebody cushion, you're just resting. You ain't, yeah. you're not D'ing up. You just, you're just resting. Right. I love that he'll get in your chest when on the ball, he will, he'll shade you to a side too. Like I hate defenders that play flat Uh, because at the upper levels, if you are playing flat again, and you're not dictating the possession, you're toast. You know, you're not, if you play Tyrese Maxey flat, like my dude is either putting one directly in your eye or he is blowing right by you. You got to make guys uncomfortable. I like that. He does that. Um, I think on on pump fakes and, and ball fakes, I thought he was pretty good at staying on his feet. You know, he like a guy like Derek Whitehead, who you know he checked a lot because they they played Montford a, a good yeah. amount, and you know a, another high level prospect who had uh, a couple of inches on him too. You know, yeah. he's a guy who'd create some separation or whatever, and then but he's right there, he's on your chest, he yeah. stays with you, he's finishing high hand, and he's not jumping. You know, so um, where a lot of other guys might bite on a pump fake because Derek Whitehead is a, you know, filthy shot maker. He was able to stay on his feet, make that hard for you. So uh, on the ball, I think those are all good things for me that I'm encouraged by. And, you know, I I remember, you know, going through his initial film defensively and just going like, oh, my dude is a two-way player. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. You know, like I don't got to, you know, kill him for that. Um but what I will ask you, Laro, is because we're projecting, yes, for next year, college, how is he going to pre- – then 
you know, trying to predict how is he going to project in the NBA. Six mm-hmm. four right now. I think he's listed at one eighty five. But yeah. he, you know, we talked about his strength. Um, I you know, I, I doubt you could find a uh, wingspan measurement anywhere. So you know, I don't want to to guess on uh, how, what his wingspan is. But how switchable? How many positions do you think that he potentially down the road is going to be able to defend in the NBA? <laughs> oh, man, um, I think right now, safely for me, I think it's just one in the 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 one through one and two. Like I, the three, like I don't know yet. I don't know about that yet. But but uh, for me, I, I think I would be comfortable with switching him. You know, one and two right now, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the three, I, I got to see more on. You know, I yeah. don't know how he looked guarding a Kawhi or PG out here right now, but um, yeah, I think I think you know, you know, one and two. I think I think I'd be fine with him at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I definitely three. one and two. I yeah, think yeah. threes. Um, you don't want him starting the yeah. game and focusing as like your primary matchup unless right. it's like, unless it you know it's like one of these off ball guys that you're just throwing him on because mm. he's the yep. you know worst offensive player. Yep. But I do think that I'm not going to shudder inside if he gets yep. switched on to a 3 cuz I think yep. he battles. Mm-hmm. And you know there he had moments against wings but it's the high school level but guys yep. who had size on him um and you know he baited them into like kind of settling for for jumpers instead of like oh look I'm going to take advantage of my, my height and my strength and try to get up and over him and finish at the hoop. So I'm encouraged, you know, I I don't think he's (laughs) stepping in and for a while and being able to hang with Kawhi's strength or whatever, but, but those guys are more fours right now. Yeah. You know, if they're interchangeable, positionless, whatever, but you know, like a guy like Zach Levine, you know, our Mm. guy Zach, you know, he's playing a decent amount of three in, in these bulls lineups, right? Like, yeah. I think eventually, you know, Zach's a bucket. So, I, you yeah. know, nobody's stopping him consistently. Yeah. But, like, I'm not like, oh, this is a, a mismatch because of his size necessarily. It's like, this is a mismatch because Zach is, you know, a pure scorer. That, where that's I'm, where I'm at. That's where I'm at too, man. Because as a as a coach, just make it hard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't be that guy that's just like, oh, he's going to score me anyway. So, let me just, yeah. let me not get this foul real quick. You know, like, no, no. How about, how about yeah. if Zach, if you know Zach wants to get to the, you know, he wants to get to that sidestep. How about you make that sidestep as tough as possible? Make make him mm-hmm. make him shoot over a hand. You know, it may not mm-hmm. it may not affect the guy like Zach, but it, but at least like you're not making it like you want the mindset of Zach going. Oh, shit, here come that young bull. Yeah, <sighs> you know, let me <laughs> let me give him my best stuff real quick so I can get this bucket. I can't be on Twitter talking about oh my god, can't they just got you know what I mean? So no, man, I, I think I think uh, he has the right mindset, and it's the one that you would love, that you want to coach as a as a coach, man. You know. That that's it. I, so much of defense is mindset. Like mm-hmm. anybody could defend, you know, at the NBA level. Like if you're an NBA player, you could defend if you want. Mm-hmm. You know, like you might not. You know, obviously, like not every player is going to be a, a potential all defensive team guy. Right, but like right. if you got the want to, you can defend. Kirk Heinrich yeah. was a bad motherfucker defensively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was probably never yeah. the most athletic guy uh, on his team and his lineup he just gave a shit all the time right like Mm -hmm. caring matters and when you're potentially your best player is the guy who cares that permeates through the rest of the team yeah Yeah. you know there's no excuse if your you know primary scoring option is the guy who is 
giving a shit on defense defense. Like if I'm the third or fourth option, I can't be like, yo, I'm going to take this possession off defensively. Cause yeah. like, that's how I end up on the bench. If I do that, if Keontae's guarding, I better get my ass up and guard. So I do yeah. like him um, and his potential uh, as a, on the ball guy uh, point of attack. And I think he, he steps up and over ball screens. Like I, you know, he's, he's got that, uh, mm-hmm. that Baylor Davion Mitchell type yeah. of skill already to like, instead of getting hit by a screen, like what if I just try to step up and over it early? So I don't, I blow it up early. So I like that about him, but we did talk about the the defense and how uh, off the ball, maybe there's some stuff. So what did you see from him, you know, as a kind of team help defender Laro that, you know, gives you a little bit of like, this is some, these are some of the things he has to work on in his game. Yeah, no, I, I think for me, one of the things defensively, you know, obviously on ball, you know, if you even go to the global games on ball point of attack, defense was just stellar, like really good. Um, And then, you know, you go back and you continue to watch some of the full games um, and you see that, that, that point of attack defense, I'm I'm good with it. There are some points where he he can lose a little bit of focus, even on ball where he's just, you know, whatever, but he's young. Sure. It's the, the like you said the the the, uh, the one of the things that you you can really just hammer home with him is that that I think sometimes he ball watches when he's off ball, mm. um, and he just he just loses sight of his own guy sometimes and and he's you know, but I will say there are there are times like I think was it Sunrise Christian, it might have might have been Sunrise or Montver I can't remember which one it was, but he was off ball, and he slid over as the weak side guy to take a charge. And I'm like, you see, you see, you know, things like that, you know, um, some, you know, you see there that he's not a guy where you're like, oh man, this is, this is, gonna, you know, we got to find a way to keep him on the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like you, you think you, you see that he, um, he, when he is focused, when he is, you know, ball man, ball man, ball man, like he's fine. He's fine. He, he's not, a, a you know, a, a sieve of ball, you know? So, um, I think it's just one of those things where he has to, you know, stay locked in, even off ball, you know, pay attention to what this team is trying to do. Um, when you, when you're off ball, not just on ball, you know, don't be that guy that's like, you know, when you're off ball, like, whoo, man, you know, I'm glad I'm yeah. off ball. Y'all, Hey, you go ahead and do your thing. No, like, how about we, 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 we man and ball, man and ball and, and do the things that I think he can do. I think that dude is explosive enough to get over maybe get, get a block at the rim or, or get over there, shuffle and get like, he already did it. Take a charge. Yep. I think it was on, Actually, yeah, it was on Dariq. And we got over, took a charge on Dariq, and it's just like it's like you see it there, but it's just not enough. He just needs mm. to really lock in on that. Dariq is a quickly, Dariq is a kind of like the opposite to me, a little bit of Keontae around the rim. Like I think my guy Dariq is a little out of control when he gets yeah. to the paint sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but sticking with Dariq, you mentioned like getting caught ball watching, losing, yeah. you know. Yep, yep. You can't leave Dariq Whitehead, you know, mm-hmm. when he's off the ball because that split mm-hmm. second, like that's where he's breading his butter. Yeah. Um, Albert, what I, I know you noticed it too. Like, mm-hmm. what was it about him off the ball that stuck out to you? I, I thought sometimes the ball watching is so real, like it's mm-hmm. really real. And I, and I actually have a follow up question for both of our coaches after this. Um, but I, I, I was thinking like there are times where he's coming out on closeouts and he just gets destroyed by a head fake and he's flying 900 miles the wrong way. Um, I, I, there were, but that, however, there were times though where I was like, Oh, that's a really good closeout. Yeah. You know, he's, he's doing the, the yeah. thing Corey talks about all the, the choppy feet hands are up, you know, he looks really good. But then there are other times where he's just kind of flying around like a flying squirrel all over the place. So didn't love that all the time. Here's my question for our coaches here. 
let's imagine that you guys are Keontae George's coach. He's 18 years old. He's a kid who's been playing ball his whole life. He's had so many different coaches tell him exactly what you just said to me. Hey, you got to watch ball, got to watch man, got to watch ball. You got to keep your head on a swivel block. He's heard this before. Yeah. Right. And I'm sure that you guys have had kids in your programs at whatever level that you guys have coached. Right. And you have kids who've heard things before you've taught kids. Hey, don't do this. Don't do that. They've heard this message before. What are certain tactics that you would use for a kid like Keontae George or an Amen Thompson or uh, Anthony Black or whatever? What are some tactics you would use to nail home a point like the point that we just that you guys just made? If you're if you're playing off ball. You got to be able to play with your head on a swivel. You have to have different things in mind. How are you delivering that message to a kid who's heard this his whole life to finally retain and apply that into his game? What What are some tactics you guys are using to get that to get that done? I think the first thing is film. You got to see it. You got to see it, and you got to be okay with being called out on it. Like you got to, you can't be afraid because mm-hmm. he is. Keontae George, potential top 10 pick in the 2023 draft to call him out. And I'll tell you what, I I know the coaching staff, you know, at these academies and at Baylor, like they are not going to sugarcoat anything to, Mm -hmm. to anybody. Um, But like anything else, man, like kids are, they learn differently, you know, like you could tell somebody to, to do something a million times. um, (laughs) But if they did it, especially like if they did, if you're in practice and they do something wrong. Like you can explain what they did wrong, right? right? But sometimes it's just not going to get through their head because they can't picture it. Like they they acted on instinct. So maybe they can't even re- like play what they did in their head necessarily to figure it out. But if you yeah. have it on film and yeah. you could point it out, be like, yo, you were here, right? But uh, you should have been here in the paint. And if you were in the paint, you could have met the driver and taken a charge, you know? Yeah. But and, and you got to realize you got to be there. Don't worry about, don't necessarily, you don't have to stick to your man like glue necessarily. You just got to know where he is. Yeah. You got to see him. You got to communicate. You got to talk. But yep. if you point it out on film, to me, that's like one of the the best ways to learn not only about, you know, your game in general, but like the game in general, because you could also learn things from other people's mistakes. Be like, Oh shit, I shouldn't do that. You know, Keontae yeah. just lost his guy off the ball and coach is saying, you know, he's showing him where he should be. I better do that next time too. So yeah. for me, it's film is the, the, the biggest thing. Yeah, no, I, I, I was, that was going to be my first thing, you know, like fine, like a couple of guys that I have, right. I, um, guys that, and no disrespect, I love these kids. Right. But there, there are a couple of guys. There are a couple of guys that probably could play some D2 ball that I have. But like for the most part, I have guys that are probably D3 if they really want to play. Um, that's no disrespect to D3 because I think there are guys that just aren't the grades that, can, that, you know, um, but they, you know, they, they want to come off the screen, <laughs> you know, and and I'm like, guys, look, man, um, here's the deal. And I like to do this because this is someone that they know and they see and they admire. I'm like, guys, look. And this is, you know, Steph Curry, right? Greatest shooter we've ever seen. That dude could just live off of just being an offensive player. Why is it okay for Steph Curry to get better at def- defense, but but not you? Why why is it okay for the greatest shooter of all time to actually take pride in getting better on that end? So he's not somebody that a team can just continue to take take advantage of and advantage of, and he can stay on the floor. Why is it why is it okay for him to get better? That's getting paid millions of dollars. 
why is it okay for him and not you? Like you're trying to get to that level. I hope. I mean, if you're well, it, it, college, I should say. Yeah. Um, trying to get to the next level. Right. You're trying to get to the next level. So like, why aren't you trying to 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 do what it takes? You know what I mean? My biggest thing, a quote, my coach um, Mark Anderson, who played Bradley player played played at Bradley University, told me, "You want to be the player that is hard to take off the floor, right? If if any situation, damn, I can't take Larry off. He's he's pretty good. You know, whatever. Dang, I can't take I, I can't take Corey off. No, man, we need the free throw shooting. We need we need whatever it is. Be the guy that's hard to take off the floor. And mm-hmm. I think." aside from this you know thing about you know throwing out guys the guys at the highest level to make them kind of see what i mean but also throw some drills in there you know throw throw some drills to, to mm. really really hit on closeouts right closeouts mm. right you put a guy you put me as a passer at the top of the key put a guy in the corner and then you have you know let's say Keontae on the lane line you know out of bounds you pass it to me you touch my hand and now i pass it to the guy in the corner and now you got to go close out perfectly on that guy and you're working on how to you know move your feet and stay in front without falling you know, just putting him in different situations and drills, you know, one, you see it on film and then you go do it in practice, you know, in, in, in drills. And you really just try to keep honing in. And I think one of the biggest things that coaches, I think, forget about is feedback from players. Mm. Right? Don't just be the coach that you yep. got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. How about you say, hey, Keontae, what, what is it that you're that you're seeing on the floor? Why are you not? You know, what is it? What is missing? Mm. I want to hear from you. You know, I love that. Tell tell me what what you're seeing, you know, Mm -hmm. so I can know how to attack it now. I think there are a lot of coaches that are just like, you're going to do it my way. I don't care. You know, and and that that's that's just not going to do it. You know, so I think, I think, I don't know if he's had coaches like that, but that's what for me, when a player has to improve on something, I want to see, I want to hear from them to get in there. Yeah. Collaboration. That's, it's awesome. That's huge. You know, you're out on the floor. What do you see? All right. Yes. Oh, this, this fresh break isn't working. What? Why isn't it working? What's going right. on? Yep. What's, right. What's wrong with it? What do we got all? You have to do that, right? That's right. the utmost important. But, you know, I like what you said, the real talk, telling them about Steph Curry. You know, like, mm. sometimes I got to tell my guys, like, which one of you are playing Nike EY, uh, B, BIL, uh, Nike EYBL right now? Yeah. Which one of you guys are on top 100? All right. So maybe we should work. Yeah. No, mm. no yet? All right. Maybe we should work and get better. If you get there, I ain't gonna say shit to you, right? You you oh. prove me wrong, but let's work. Um, but you could tell that Keontae is that guy. Like, yeah, yeah. He, this is a guy who has been coached in his life. Um, this is a guy who plays tough, and uh, and he's willing to get at it at both on both sides of the ball. So for me, some of the uh, the things that I have seen from him that I thought were positive, like you said, he he will slide in. I do think that he knows where to be on the floor yeah. positionally. Yeah off the ball and um you know i i still think like you know uh, talking about defensive drills like i still think like a shell drill is like you know my favorite defensive drill to do because it's just like hammering home fundamentals yeah um and i do think like if you put him in a shell like he knows where to be uh when he's on the weak side of the ball he knows that if he's on the wing he should be splitting he knows he's the low man if you know his guy he knows that stuff i think um it's about all right well that's cool if we're just swinging the ball around the co- the floor or whatever, right? What happens when we get some really intricate offenses and we got guys yeah. who are moving around and we're, you know, and that's stuff. I think that it comes down to film drills and then just yeah. experience reps. Yeah. You can't simulate reps. 
you know, and, and these high school guys, they need more reps. They've, you know, they're, they're playing high level ball. They're probably playing a million games with AAU, but like every level makes it harder and they got to get reps against these guys, but I'm encouraged about him. And I think he's going to be, I think right now he's a two-way guy and I think he's going to be yeah. uh, a two-way guy next year because Baylor's not going to put up with him not being right. <laughs> a two-way right. guy. You know, that nope. team is, they are a hard-nosed, gritty <sighs> defensive team um, that, you know, has a system and style that has proven to be effective. I think real quick before we move on, this is the coach coming out of me, man. I'm sorry. But like the shell, I love it. But I think sometimes – you know, coaches are put the ball in the middle of the floor and we get in the shell. I think if you're going to do shell, like, yeah, start off that way, get us warmed up and then stop them. All right. This is how we're going to let maybe we start in a side ball, uh, side mm. uh, pick and roll. And then we get into it, you know, yeah. uh, just putting them in different situations. All right. Let's start with a stagger, you know, this way and just giving it different looks for, for, your, for the players. And, you know, because if you just keep, you know. Like my yeah, coach you, used to do middle of the floor and it's like, okay, sometimes they come down and they get into a pistol. Sometimes they like, where am I supposed to be in those situations? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It up. And, and I love it, man. Cause I, I've heard some crap being said about the shell. And I, I, I just think that, you know, done the right way. Shell can really teach you the fundamentals, man. Look, I, I'll tell if if I have any of the coaches in my league that are listening right now, shout out to you guys for, for listening. Um, <laughs> but I'll give you the whole defensive game plan. We play man. Mm-hmm. You know, we play mostly man. We switch it up, but you know, on okay, whatever. But we're mostly a man team. Yep. We were we're going to weak you. Okay. We're gonna get up in your chest. We're going to make you make a decision. And yep. I don't trust your ball handlers to be able to dribble well enough with their left hands and make decisions. And I know my guys are going to be in a position that they learn by doing a shell on the weak side to when you throw the ball across the court, they are going to pick it off. We are not going to gamble on the ball. We're going to get steals off the ball. We're going to force you into bad shots. And hopefully we're going to rebound, which maybe is something my team needs to work on a little bit. But but we're going to make you miss the first shot for sure. So that it's sometimes it's that simple. You know, this is a high, you know, uh, these guys are playing at a different level. So it's way more intricate. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you know, like you play that pack line D like the the right way and everybody's on a string. And, you know, you don't have you have people who just know where to be it's basketball, man. Like yeah. there's only so many ways that you could <laughs> play the game. Like some of this stuff, there's a reason it works yeah. to this day. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. All right. Um, let's get into, and Albert will go to you first. And you know, you, you gave a little chuckle earlier, so I think I know yeah. where you're, where you're headed with this. <laughs> uh, if you're buying stock in Keontae George, who may you have bought stock in previously? Um, like we always say, our comps are never one-to-one comps. They're mm-hmm. always shades of, uh, you know, prospect chemistry, whatever. Uh, I, he reminded me a little bit of C.J. McCollum, um, which is why I chuckled before, because you watch C.J. McCollum now, and I feel like, man, that guy's really developed as a playmaker. Um, he's not Luca. He's not LaMelo. He's not Giddy. He's not any of these A+. A+. Plus. A A plus plus uh, playmakers or passers, but he's he's a good passer. I, I think CJ is a really good passer, and I I think the stuff that he can do now, where Keontae George is not CJ is in the mid range, right? CJ McCollum in the mid range is scary, scary good. Um, now that's I where think I'd he can like get there to, potentially though. Exactly. So exa- he needs to work there. 
um, which is why it's not a one for one, but the potential is there. And I thought even the way that he handles the ball, the way that he is kind of slithering around the court and he's like, he's really low to the ground too. I thought there were a lot of, uh, remind it reminded me a lot of CJ and I'm not saying once again that he's gonna be CJ but if I had to pick someone that had shades of uh, who, who he had shades of it was CJ for me I love that one uh, Lara what about you you got anybody for man I mean one of the names that I keep going back to when I watch his game um, and if it, it, like you guys said like uh, it's not one to one like yeah, I think I think uh, Keontae's gonna be a better defender than this guy um, but I, I always hate comps, but I think I think Brad Bill in terms of mm-hmm. like his scoring nice. ability. Um, he's not somebody like, yeah, he's played more on ball recently, but he's an older guy, he's more seasoned, and he, you know, like he, he understands the game a little bit more. But coming into the game, like he was more off ball, uh, attacking, tilted defense, especially with John Wall on the team. Yeah. Um, and he, he, we already know what he is as a shooter, um, either off the bounce, catch and shoot, and. I don't know. I just I just see a lot of Bradley Beal in in his offensive game, and I, I do think that um, man, I see that offensively. Defensively, I don't know, man. It, it, I think Keontae is a tough uh, tough guy to, to comp, just because I think the defense is like when you see a guy with the type of talent that on offense that Keontae has, like usually, at least in my opinion, like the defense isn't yeah. there where it is with Keontae. So I don't know. That's what I see. I had Bradley Beal as one of the guys who I thought that he plays a little bit like. Um, shout out to uh, the chat. Uh, San Fran fan 30, our guy, says, um, kind of reminds me of Tino Mobley, which I thought was a, a kind of a clever one. And Albert, I thought you'd appreciate that because you like our, you know, our old guy comps. Uh, for me, one of the other guys that I see some aspects of his game is like a less bouncy Donovan Mitchell offensively. Oh. You know, because like Donovan Mitchell, like maybe not the best like playmaker, like he could do it in spades, but he's got the pull up game. Um, he'll go finish through contact. Yeah. You know, I, I I think he's got a similar type of game. And, and in that respect, because I was somebody posted some highlights, I guess a, a little bit of Jamal Murray in there, too. It could mm. be interesting as well. So but for me, like that's the type of prospect that I think he is coming into this cycle. And that's yeah. why I'm so excited for him. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people don't like comps. One of the reasons that I kind of do like comps when you're not like, this is who he is going to be when you're just right. kind of like, I see shades of this guy is I think sometimes it helps you be a little bit like you, it could help you be realistic about who a player is and what that archetype can that archetype work in an NBA offense. And this is high praise for the guys, you know, for this guy, we said Brad Beal, we said CJ McCollum, we said Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. So that's, that's high praise. I think he is potentially that kind of talent coming into the year, but um, it's why I'm so excited about him. Cause I could really see him being that type of player in an yeah. offense, you know, and, and if that playmaking never comes around, like, you know, no one's going to say that Jamal Murray is the best playmaker in the league, but he found the right partner yeah. to thrive off of. And when healthy, he's devastating. You know, yeah. he's he's a problem. So even if that that playmaking never comes around, yeah, he still could be a guy who could win you playoff series. So you know, I, I think that that's one of the reasons I'm so high on him coming into the year. I know, Larry. You know, you you talked about it early at the start of the show. 
sometimes you just got to be confident, like in your evaluation and not really worry about what consensus is saying and just be like, this is what I, I this is how much I believe in a guy. Cause yeah. you know, for me, I, I believe in him pretty heavily. Um, all right. It's time for America's favorite segment. Albert, it's time to sell me this pen on Keontae George. Hmm. All right, America. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, we're you know we're on the charts in like seventeen other countries. So, um, yeah. also those countries, they love this segment too. Shout out to shout out Draft Act Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Hey. Worldwide, worldwide. <laughs> Here we go. Um, okay, so this is what I want to say. Uh, Keontae George is the beautiful mixture combination of strength and finesse. Uh, it's it's really intense to watch. So here we go. So guys, if you're interested in players who are really strong, uh, but also have a ton of talent and skill to their games, then you should like Keontae George. Keontae George is a guy who can shoot from the parking lot. He's a guy who can finish over bigs with his strength and savvy and slipperiness and all that stuff. Is he the perfect player? No. We just outlined for you guys a couple areas of his game that we feel like he needs to develop in. That's fine. That You should be excited about that. You have an 18-year-old guy who has a really strong base, a really strong floor as a foundation, and with good coaching, that's dependent on whatever front office I'm talking to right now, with good coaching, he may develop into a perennial all-star type of player. We named CJ McCollum, Bradley Beal, right? Katino Mobley, um, all these players, right? Jamal Murray. These are perennial all-stars that we're talking about. And that's the type of talent we have in Keontae George. So here's the thing. The onus is on you, GM, and your team to coach this kid up right and get him to where he needs to be because he's got all the skills that you want in an NBA type of lead-ish guard. Um, is what I'd say and why you should buy stock in Keontae George. Let's fucking go. Um, I think we can end it there. Uh, this was a, we're putting out bangers, Albert. We are. We are. <laughs> we are. We've been putting <laughs> out some do. bangers. If, you know, for anybody trying to get into the draft in the preseason, ain't fucking with us right now. Um, <laughs> Lara, we're going to, we're going to let you go first. You're the guest. Uh, tell everybody on the World Wide web where they can find you. Yeah, man. Um, pretty simple for me. I'm I'm not a guy that's all over the place, man. I'm I'm on Twitter at underscore Lero Hoops. Um, and since sis has been tough getting back into my rhythm of, of watching film uh, and on my own time and, and getting clips out there and giving my thoughts, but I, I'm starting to get back into into motion. So if you're a person that likes to look at some clips and get, have some, you know, hear some feedback on it. Um, I'm a person that loves loves to talk about clips. I love to talk about ball. So if you want to, you know, follow me and we could we can get it popping on on uh, you know what your thoughts are with uh, prospects um, there um, I have something pretty cool coming out that I'm collaborating with some people on very soon so be on the lookout for that but other than that man I'll just be on Twitter talking ball uh, putting clips out watching some prospects getting ready for the bowl season you know just chilling man just chilling must follow go and go and do that because um, you're gonna learn something you'll have fun and you'll learn something um, really excited you came on man really to have happy to have you back publicly uh so we could you know get your opinions on not only you know prospects and whatnot but you know talking bulls you know we're bulls guys you know yes sir happy to have that that aspect back not (laughs) albert's a dicks guy Um, (laughs) and a jets guy right yes sir (laughs) oh man oh man been a tough bro he's got the yankees though Yeah, yeah yeah He's got the Yankees, so we got Justin Fields, though. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, 
Albert, tell Jesus. the people where they could find you. Uh, you could find me at uh, Justin Fields Hater. One, two, three. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you can find me at Alberto Gim is uh, where you'll find me. Uh, you'll find me on Twitter consistently, unlike Roquan Smith on the practice field. Uh, oh. What? What? Just kidding. Just kidding. Here we go. <laughs> I do want to say really quickly, uh, I want to give a special shout out to Corey once again on his birthday. Uh, also to uh, the Bryant family. I'm sure this is like a it's got to be like, you know, a tough day for them, too, as well. But for all you Kobe fans out there and we're I, I think we're we can all say that we're Kobe fans as well. Um, it's a big day. You know, it would have been his birthday today. And it's sad that he's not with us anymore, but he left an unbelievable legacy. And I did kind of want to throw that out there before we go, because it's today. Today would have been his birthday. So I want to give a special shout out to Kobe Bean Bryant as well. And um, yeah, also, I never mentioned his name when you guys were talking about him. But when you were talking about Donovan Mitchell, didn't want to talk about it because, you know, don't like to talk about future Knicks too much. Hey. Is where I'll end it. <laughs> It's, you know, it's looking like it might happen. It just, you know, we'll figure out how many uh, more drafts it's going to take you to actually see uh, a Nick in the draft, I guess, once once that trade goes through is what, what we'll figure out. You're going to be just doing the scouting for the the love of it, the passion, and not, you know, so you could figure out who the Knicks could potentially draft for like the next five or six, seven years. Uh, you can find me at Corey Tulliba on Twitter, the NBA draft dude on YouTube. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to no ceilings, NBA.com. Uh, it's free and you will get content delivered to your inbox Monday through Friday during the season. And uh, two to three times a week during the off season, I wrote about Scoot Henderson um, recently, which is a, a piece that, I was excited to write, you know, we did an episode on him, but I needed to, you know, throw some visuals out there with, with the content. So um, you can read that again. It is free and uh, make sure that if you're here watching this live on YouTube, make sure that you throw your boys a like uh, subscribe to the channel and uh, subscribe to the draft act NBA draft podcast, throw us a rating a review, share it with your, your friends and your family and everybody that you love uh, even your haters. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode breaking down another potential lottery prospect. Until that time, we out. Peace. Peace. Peace.